Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal my soul. Test again this morning. Lord, I am excited to come into your presence again this morning. King of kings and Lord of lords, I am grateful for the privilege to worship my God and my maker again this morning to worship Alpha and Omega, the one who is creator of heaven and earth, creator of the entire universe. My soul magnifies you again this morning. Lord, I declare my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit praise his name. Father, be glorified forevermore. You are God all by yourself. Scripture says that you are the almighty. Yes, Lord, all power in heaven and on earth belongs to you. We give you glory, precious Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, as we spend this time again in your presence to read our Bibles, we ask for wisdom and understanding again this morning. We ask, Lord, that you will help us to learn in your presence and let your name be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy Eyenike. We continue our reading, commentary, and study of the New Testament. We are currently in the book of Luke. A big thank you to everyone joining in this morning, especially to those joining us for the first time. Thank you for taking our time to be here this morning. God bless you. I pray for you this morning that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I pray the eyes of your understanding will become open. It will be open so that when you read the word of God, you understand it. That is my prayer for you this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. All right, so let's read Luke chapter 4. If we are able, we will get to Luke chapter 5. I don't expect that we will be able to finish 5, but then from tomorrow we will then take 5 and 6. Luke chapter 4, we see the temptation of Jesus. Big lessons for us to learn here because the devil has not changed his strategy. It is still the same style. What can we learn from the temptation of Jesus? And then we see Jesus rejected at Nazareth. Yes, this was where Jesus grew up and the Bible says that the people there in Nazareth rejected him. Let's see what to learn and the implications for those who reject Jesus. And then we see Jesus cast out a demon and then heals heals many people. The Bible says so many people were brought to him and Jesus healed them. And then in chapter 5, uh, the first disciples were called. In other words, Jesus, in the way Luke puts it, Jesus was already popular. Okay, Jesus was already making waves by the time he begins to call the disciples. Okay, so when he called them from fishing and that he was going to teach them to catch people, now you understand why Peter left all, left his father. The James and John left Zebedee, their father. Okay, to follow this guy because he was the rave of the moment. 
and then of course jesus healed the leper healed the man that was paralyzed all right please get your bibles let's read this morning luke chapter 4 then jesus full of the holy spirit returned from the jordan where is jesus returning returning from from the jordan he was led by the spirit in was led by the spirit in the wilderness where he was tempted he was tempted by the devil for 40 days of course while this new living translation says he was led by the spirit in the wilderness you know most translation says he was led into from the river jordan you know he was led into but if you read it the way new living translation is putting it he was led by the spirit in the wilderness of course he was already anointed with the holy spirit when the spirit came upon him in bodily from doing the baptism yes but in the wilderness the holy spirit was leading him where he was then tempted by the devil for 40 days jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry so i think jesus for me depicts to us um why the devil is able to tempt us now here there was a need in jesus's life he had not eaten anything for 40 days and now he was hungry and because of this need in his life the devil was able to tempt him of course jesus did not fall but the lessons for us is that unless there is or something becomes a need in our lives then there cannot be a temptation the devil cannot use that thing to tempt you if something becomes a temptation or the devil can then use this as a temptation where it is something appealing to you it is something that you need i think that is the lesson i take from here it says then the devil said to him if you are the son of god tell this stone to become a loaf of bread why jesus was hungry jesus was hungry so i don't know what yours is maybe what you are tempted is is with money because the devil has recognized a weakness in your life when it comes to money has recognized a test in your life for money all yours is just for riches for glory to become popular you know whatever yours is maybe yours is you're struggling with sexual sin and so there is this need in your life you want to be loved and all of that these things become a temptation because of this hunger in our lives and if we are able to learn from Jesus here, then we know how to undo every one of the devil's temptation. Remember, that it, I think it was James that told us that, look, don't let nobody say that when they are tempted, that they are tempted by God. Each one of us become tempted when we are carried away. The devil finds this weakness in our lives and then uses it to tempt us. So the devil says to him, if you are the son of God, tell the stone to become a loaf of bread what is the problem is that the question is not if jesus is the son of god so in putting if there he was telling jesus to prove that he was the son of god by turning these stones to bread and jesus is trying to tell him i know who i am mm -hmm. the devil is trying to tell him he was telling him to prove his identity do you know who you are if you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, turn this stone to bread. And Jesus is saying, I know who I am. 
But Jesus told him, no, the scripture says, people do not live by bread alone. Of course, that is from Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3. It's, that scripture completes it and says, by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's how people live, okay? So, I know who I am. I know that I am a son of God. And so, if God says I should continue to stay hungry, I will stay. I will continue to stay hungry. But I know God loves me. He knows I am hungry now. He would provide. So, big lessons for us. We overcome temptation by knowing who we are, our identity. Then the devil took him up and revealed, took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I will give you give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them. The devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. So now the question is, was the devil lying here? I don't think so. The authority God gave to man in submitting to the devil, man had handed now to the devil. And the devil was using this until such a time that his lease will run out. So the devil was telling Jesus here, this authority that you gave to man, that man gave to me, if you will bow down, if you will, if you will just bow down to me, eh, I will give that authority back to you. Even though you were the one that gave it to man, the devil took him and said, I will give you all the glory of this kingdom and authority over them. The devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please, I will give it all to you. If you will worship me, <laughs> of course, Jesus. No, first of all, I we, I was the one who gave the authority to man. So why will I worship you for that same authority? <laughs> Jesus replied. The scripture says you must worship the Lord your God and serve only Him. That's Deuteronomy chapter six, verse thirteen. Now, another lesson I want us to learn from here is that Jesus is not quoting the New Testament. Jesus is quoting the scripture. And the scripture that he is quoting is the Old Testament. <laughs> so, when I meet people who say, let us throw away the Old Testament, I, I say, you don't understand what you are talking about. This is the word of God and none of it will fail until each one of them is fulfilled. Here, yeah, the word was able to handle the devil. You must worship the Lord your God and serve him only him. I wish some people just realize this today, that God is the only one worthy of worship. Hallelujah. Verse 9. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, if you are the son of God, you see again, identity. You see how the devil continues to question identity. If you are the son of God, jump off. For the scripture says he will order his angels to protect and guard you and they will hold you up with their hands so that so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. The devil, remember the devil too was quoting scripture so he was quoting Psalm 91 verse 11 and 12. Yes, the Bible says that God will give his angels charge over us to protect and to guard us. But Jesus knew that the devil was using that scripture out of context. So in verse 12, Jesus responded, The scripture also, also says, You must not test the Lord your God. You must not test the Lord your God. Deuteronomy chapter 6. All of the three answers that Jesus gave to him are from the book of Deuteronomy. You must not test the Lord your God. The word of God does not contradict itself. 
if you learn to pay attention to it, pay attention to the context in which it is speaking, you will not have a problem. So when the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. All right. So big lessons. The devil will tempt us. If we don't fall, it will leave us until the next opportunity. So we must learn like Jesus here, have the word of God ready. Prepare for battle. I tell Christians, prepare for battle. Prepare for your temptation. Prepare for them when they come. If you are just preparing when the temptation is happening, you are likely going to fail. Here, Jesus was able to say, this is what the scripture says. This is what the scripture says. Is there anything that is a temptation in your life? Please find what the word of God says. The next time that temptation comes strongly, I want you to present the word of God to him. And then give me, give me, give me a feedback about what you found out. All right, verse 14 says, Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly throughout through the whole region. He taught regularly in their synagogue and was praised by everyone. So when Jesus started, it was just him in Nazareth, preaching in their, regularly in their synagogue, and everyone was praising him. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual, as usual, to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scripture. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where he, this was written. This was written. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. In other words, Jesus is saying that when Isaiah was writing this thing, you can go back and read this. It's in Isaiah I think that is in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 58. I'm not, yes, Isaiah chapter 61. Yes, Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1, 1 and 2. When Isaiah was quoting this scripture, okay, by the Spirit, he didn't realize he was talking about the Messiah. So when Jesus is speaking here and quoting the words of Isaiah, that's Old Testament, too, Jesus is telling the people, I am fulfilling what Isaiah saw. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Of course, Isaiah is not saying the Spirit of the Lord is upon him. Isaiah is saying the Spirit of the Lord is upon the Messiah. And here Jesus fulfills it. He said, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see and the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. You see that? So it is not that there's anything wrong with the Old Testament. There are parts of the Old Testament that are part of the Old Testament that have been fulfilled. In Christ, when Christ died on that cross, they are part of the Old Testament that have been accomplished. It does not make them wrong or anything, and there are parts of the Old Testament that are still in effect till today. Okay? So, for example, the, the ceremonial laws. Jesus fulfills that when he dies on the cross. Okay? But the laws that, that talks about ethics that talks about government, okay, are still applicable to us today. Thou shalt not kill. Are you going to say, because we are in the New Testament, I have a right to kill? 
No, it does not work like that. Jesus says, today, this scripture you've heard has been fulfilled this very day. Everyone spoke well of him and was amazed by the gracious words that came from his lips. How can this be, they asked. Isn't this Joseph's son? They all knew him. Isn't this Joseph's son? Then he said, you will undoubtedly quote me this proverb. Physician, heal thyself. Meaning, do miracles here in your hometown like those you did in Capernaum. That's a popular proverb in their area then okay not that it's in the book of proverbs okay yes say do miracles here in your hometown like those you did in capernaum but i tell you the truth no prophet is accepted in his own hometown certainly there were many many needy widows in israel in elijah's time when the heavens were closed for three and a half years and a severe famine devastated the land yet elijah was not sent to any of them he was sent instead to a foreigner, a widow of Zarephath in the land of Sidon. And many in Israel had leprosy in the time of prophet Elisha. But the only one healed was Nehemiah, a Syrian. So when they heard this, the people in the synagogue were furious. Jumping up, they mobbed him and forced him to the edge of the hill on which the town was built. They intended to push him over the cliff, but he passed right through the crowd and went on his way okay so i don't know what happened uh these are some of the questions i would like to ask when we get to heaven but jesus was not going to die by being pushed off the, off the cliff his purpose was to die on the cross so i am guessing that as the people were were doing all they were doing they just lost him okay and they just lost interest however jesus tells us something very important here a prophet or a prophet is never honored in his hometown. It means that the anointing, because the next there is another scripture that relates to this that the Bible says that he could not do, you know, many mighty works in his hometown because of their own belief. Their family, they had become so familiar with him that they could not just understand how the little Jesus that we used to know is now doing miracles. And I say we need to learn from, from that. If you over-familiarize yourself with the anointing, you over-familiarize yourself with the man of God, I'm telling you, you will lose something. That is just what I have learned. You will lose something. So don't become too familiar. Be, be far enough to, to take God's word seriously. But be close enough to hear God clearly closely and, and clearly hallelujah all right let's read from verse 31 now verse 31 says that then jesus went to capernaum a town in galilee and taught there in the synagogue every sabbath day they chased him from nazareth since there too the people were amazed at his teaching for he spoke with authority but unlike nazareth they didn't chase him away it says, once when he was in the synagogue, a man possessed by a demon, an evil spirit cried out, shouting, go away. Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the only one of God. Even demons knew who he was. They called him the only one of God. They called him the son of God. But Jesus reprimanded him. Be quiet. Come out of the man. 
he ordered at that the demon threw the man to the floor as the crowd watched then he came out of him without hurting him further amazed the people exclaimed what authority and power this man's words possess even evil spirits obey him and they flee at his command the news about jesus spread through every village in the entire region hallelujah so even demons knew who he was all right next jesus heals many people after leaving the synagogue that day jesus went to simon C's house where he found simon's simon C's mother-in-law very sick with a high fever uh, please heal her everyone begged standing at her bedside he rebuked the fever and it left her and she got up at once and prepared a meal for them. At sun, as, as the sun went down that evening, people throughout the village brought sick family members to Jesus. No matter what their disease were, the touch of his hand, the touch of his hand healed everyone. Many were possessed, possessed by demons, and the demons came out at his command, shouting, You are the Son of God. You see that? They said he was the Holy One, the Holy One of God. Some of them, the other demon says, You are the Son of God. But because they knew he was the Messiah, he rebuked them and refused to let them speak. Hallelujah. All right. And the final part, verse 42 says, Early the next morning, Jesus went out to an isolated place the crowd searched everywhere for him and when they finally found him they begged him not to leave them but he replied i must preach the good news of the kingdom of god in other towns too because that is why i was sent so he continued to travel around preaching in synagogues throughout judea all right there are manuscripts that says throughout galilee but that's fine Let's read Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 5, and we'll stop somewhere in Luke chapter 5. But I think I want us to talk about the temptation of Jesus and the lessons to draw from that. Luke chapter 5, the first disciples, one day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed, he noticed two empty, empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowd from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Simon, Master, verse 5, Simon replied, We worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I will let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. <laughs> please leave me. I am such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught as were the others with him his partners james and james and john the sons of zebedee were also amazed jesus replied to simon don't be afraid from now on 
you will be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. All right. So if you read Matthew, you read Luke, uh, sorry, if you read Matthew and you read Mark, the way the disciples were called were much, much different than this. Okay. So can both be true? Remember, it was even Andrew. Andrew was a follower of John the Baptist. And then when John the Baptist said, Oh, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, then Andrew began to follow to follow Jesus. It was Andrew that then went to call Peter and Nathaniel and the rest of them that they had found the Messiah. Okay, so can that story be true? And then this account also be true? Yes. They met him there, but he had not recruited them. This day was our, was the way, the day that they were recruited. That might have been the day where when they met him. All right, let's read about Jesus healing a man with leprosy. Uh, if we can, we read the the one the healing of the paralyzed man, and we stop. No, let's read the one with leprosy and stop. He said, in one of the villages, Jesus met a man with an advanced case of leprosy. Advanced case of leprosy. When the man saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground, begging to be healed. Lord, he said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Lesson so the man said, if you are willing, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing. I want you to know today that Jesus is willing that we be healed. He is willing. He already paid the price anyway. He is willing that we are not tormented by the devil. He said, I am willing. Be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Then Jesus instructed him not to tell anyone what had happened. He said, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. But despite Jesus' instruction, the report of his power spread even faster. And vast crowd came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Yes, Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. All right, let's stop here for today. So, the final words there are very important. As popular as Jesus became, as much as people were running after Jesus, the Bible tells us there that he will withdraw. He often withdraw, but Jesus often withdraw, withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. <laughs> In other words, Jesus took his relationship with God seriously. He didn't allow anything replace his relationship with God. Big lessons for us. Now, I said we're going to draw lessons from the temptation of Jesus. I don't know what the devil has been using to trip you. If you can read this story, take time to meditate on it and draw lessons, the lessons here, I'm telling you, you will break this temptation of the devil. You will break his, his hold over you, I'm telling you. What has the devil been using to trip you? Is it masturbation? Has he been using lust to trip you? Has he been using your love for money? Whatever the devil has been using to trip you, learn from Jesus here. 
First of all, it is about your identity. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? The, the devil asks him, if you are the son of God. I'm saying to someone, every, someone this morning, you are the son of God. Learn from Jesus again this morning. Jesus, we said, it is written. It is written. Find out what the word of God says. And I pray for you, you will overcome every temptation. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we say thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.